end, a morbidly curious podcast. I'm your co-host, Emma Hitchcock. And I'm Tara Ingman. And Emma, what what are we talking about this week? What, tell me <laughs> <Lots> about <of stuff. laughs> something. Tell you about something. Yeah, so I was thinking we we kind of, we didn't start the season with, but very early on in the season, we talked about Jonestown. Mm-hmm. We did a very long episode on that. And uh, I, so I thought it would be fun to kind of like start wrapping up the season with Johnstown. Oh, okay. Which every time I say Johnstown, people are like, oh, Jonestown, where they like took a bunch of poison. And I'm like, nope, totally different. <laughs> Absolutely different thing. <laughs> Completely. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be good. We can like bookend almost season two with, uh, yeah, Jonestown and Johnstown. Totally. Yeah. I don't know that much yeah. about Johnstown. I'm vaguely familiar with like the basic outline, but that's. Uh, I think that's more than than like most people. One of my friends uh, actually like a couple months ago uh, before quarantine started came into the office and was like, oh, my God, did you hear about Johnstown? And I'm like, yeah, like years ago, like it happened in the, in the 19th century. So, yeah. Right. Um, this isn't like current events. What are we talking about? <laughs> but she saw a thing on the History Channel and was like, mind blown. And I was like, oh, OK, fair enough. Yeah. Um, they mentioned it in years ago they did a series called the men who made america and it was all about like robber barons basically mm-hmm. yeah um and they mentioned it in that so yeah okay spoiler alert there's some robber barons involved <laughs> excellent um excellent. but okay so let's let's go back hmm. in the time machine yes <laughs> um to the 19th century in pennsylvania okay that's where john Johnstown is. Um, it's actually in Cambria, PA, which is sort of like closer to Pittsburgh. Hmm. So out further out west. Right, right. Um, population as of 1889 uh, is about 10,000 in Johnstown proper. Hmm. Um, but it's located in a valley. Like Johnstown is in a valley. Mm-hmm. In, um, and so there's about 30,000 people total living in that valley area okay and ten thousand people in the town itself yeah yeah um that's a not insignificant number no that's yeah that's hopping and i'll tell you why is because the cambria iron company uh which was located in that area obviously of cambria uh was the leading steel producer in the country like more than pittsburgh more than anyone like wow that area was producing okay the vast majority of the steel and was also Random fact, uh, making most of the country's barbed wire. Huh. Which is an interesting thing to be. Sure. Were they mining the iron there as well? Or were they just, like, they were importing the iron and then processing it into steel there? Mostly processing. Okay, okay. I was Um, just curious. (laughs) Yeah, like, there's there's several rivers that go through there, and so they had managed to set up a lot of, like, foundries and and that sort of thing. Gotcha. So the city of, of Johnstown... As of, like, the 1880s, it's got a thriving little population. It's mostly working class, obviously, Mm -hmm. because... Steel mills. Yeah. They're steel production. Um, But they had, like, tons of bars. They've got music venues. They had an opera house. Hey! hey. Which I feel like... Awesome. Yeah. Good for them. Um, They actually have street lighting, which is, like, a a big deal thing. Yeah. And a telephone exchange. Woohoo! What? (laughs) They are big time. (laughs) They are huge. Residents are actually starting to put in, like, indoor bathrooms. That's how Damn. Okay. Yeah. far they're moving up in the world. Um, 
But like, because they're in a valley, unsurprisingly, um, they have a lot. They have some flooding issues, mm. right? Um, yeah. So they have uh, kind of yearly floods. Like the rivers rise a little bit. It's not a huge problem, but it is something that they're used to dealing with, mm-hmm. just because they're in a valley and um, it's got two rivers that kind of flank it. And one of them is uh, Stony Creek, which is a little smaller, and one of them is, I think it's pronounced Konama. C O N E M A U G H. One of those good okay. Pennsylvania names. Sure. <laughs> um, but the Kernama River. So that's on, they flank either side. So they're used to those rising up a little bit and there's like some flooding and they're like, oh no. And then it goes away. Right, right. And then in the summer, everything kind of drains off and they have a water shortage, mm-hmm. which is pretty normal. Yeah. Um, but about 14 miles kind of upstream. There's the Three Mile Dam. Hmm. And it was in 1836, uh, the Pennsylvania legislature approved the funding to build this reservoir to deal with the summer droughts, hmm. basically. They were like, right. it'd be great if we had a reserve upstream and then we can just kind of make sure right, right, right. Um, that there's water year round. So they approved the funding for it and they built it on the western slope of the Allegheny Mountain, up 14 miles away from Johnstown, the top of this valley. Mm-hmm. Um, it was way over budget. Originally, I think they approved, it was like $30,000 for this and it ended up costing like quarter of a million. So way over budget. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. <laughs> I was like a hundred thousand seems outrageous, but okay. Yeah. That's, that's insane. Yeah. But a quarter of a million. And by the time it was actually finished two years later, it was completely obsolete. They had built a series of canals to move <laughs> lumber and things. And so they no longer really needed this. So. Uh, Government efficiency at its finest. At its finest. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, they don't really need this anymore. And so they're not like the government isn't paying too much attention to this dam. They're just like, it's in our way. So in the 1850s, uh, the Pennsylvania Railroad bought the dam for seven and a half million dollars. Whoa. Okay. But to include the land around it because they were they were expanding the rail system in this uh-huh. area. It was incredibly profitable. They were like, yeah, yeah, we might as well just like buy this up yeah. and it'll be fine. But they don't need it. And so they just kind of let it sit. Yeah. So wait, the dam is the dam is not functional. The dam is just there, right? Um, it was functional when it was originally built, hmm. but they're not really like maintaining it. Huh, okay. So it's, if that makes sense. So there like is the a reservoir is still there, there behind There's the a dam. reservoir up there. They've got the whole, like, emergency valves set up. Uh-huh. Like, everything is, is functional. It's just not being maintained. Right. Um, right. And I don't, I don't think at this point they had anybody, like, actively working there. Okay. Like, there was no one stationed yeah, yeah, up yeah. on the dam. Okay. They were just like, okay. that's a thing. <laughs> but we don't need that reservoir anyway. Because of the canal system. Right. Okay. So, like, it's just kind of chilling there, slowly deteriorating. Right. Okay. This um, sounds like it will end really well. Yes. <laughs> sounds like a recipe for success. Um, so that's the 1850s. And then in, the, in 1879, there's a group of, like, wealthy Pennsylvania magnates who are, like, being out in the Alleghenies is good for the lungs and like, <laughs> this is the place to be. And yeah. so they're looking around to kind of set up like a, like a nice little resort for themselves. Mm-hmm. 
And so in 1879, a, a group of people, including uh, Benjamin Ruff, decide that they're going to purchase the dam. They're like, let's buy this dam and we'll just like make this our cool hangout spot. Right. There's already a our reservoir rich- here so it can be like our own private lake and we can each build our mansion like around the perimeter of it. Exactly. Okay. And like part of that is there it, there aren't any like lakes around here and the most popular like recreational activity for the wealthy at that point was boating um Mm -hmm. so it was kind of a big deal and also like just from there's something kind of magnificently um classist about like (laughs) you know what we need on top of that mountain our boats (laughs) yeah (laughs) So, so they they buy the dam but um uh, the Pennsylvania Railroad ends up selling it at a loss at this point. They can't even recover uh, their original purchase price yeah. for it. And so right before they <laughs> sell it, they go in and they strip out all of the um, like the drainage pipes and hmm. the emergency systems in there and sell okay. the pipes for scrap to try to recover some of their huh. costs. Because, so like, like, why does a dam need valves and pipes right it's not functional (laughs) we're not using it we don't need this so let's just take it out and like sell it so they do okay um and benjamin ruff and his friends uh create the south fork fishing and hunting club up on top of Mm. the mountain and i love that they they refer to it as as building cabins but they're like (laughs) two-story mansions um that they're they're building up there it's a cabin in the sense that it's not their main house and it's like out in the woods but that's it the comparisons Mm -hmm. end there (laughs) um and so by 1889 their membership is a little it's the like about 60 people including people Hmm. like andrew carnegie henry clay frick um and henry phipps all of which were like Mm -hmm. big steel magnates yeah um and they stock the reservoir with fish because they're like, I mean, we're the fishing and hunting club. <laughs> we're going to need some fish. Right, yes. But in order to keep the fish in that reservoir, they have to build um, these, like, steel grates at the edge of the dam hmm. to keep the fish from just, like, falling off and right. <laughs> dying or leaving. Yeah. <laughs> so they put the little grates in. Um, and then they... To, to, there's, a, there's a pathway over the dam so that you can get from one side to the other uh-huh. like right next to the like the breast of the yeah the dam but it's not really like particularly wide it's been mostly built to like for if you're pushing carts and wheelbarrows and stuff mm-hmm. so they widen that to get carriages and whatnot over it hmm. wait it occurs to me yes this is a dam made of stone stone okay mostly stone okay um so the citizens of Johnstown are, like, looking at this, and there's some mixed feelings, right? Because on one hand, all of these people being up there for the summer and stuff brings in extra jobs and income mm-hmm. and, like, whatever. Yeah. So they're like, I mean, bonus. On the other hand, they're like, fuck those dudes and their boats on top of the mountain. <laughs> and their private fish reserves, yeah. <laughs> right. And I, um, I can't remember. I saw what it was, but the, the yearly membership for this was something like $900, which, like, Mm-mm. today... I'm not paying you $900 for anything. But, like, in the 1880s, definitely not. Like, absolutely never. Yeah, yeah. Um, In 1881, 
there's a there's a flash flood in the area and rumors start flying that the dam is going to like explode and everybody's going to die hmm. um but they send somebody up the mountain to check it out and they're like seems fine don't know what you're talking about okay i'm not sure why they chose the people they sent but the water was only like two feet above or below the breast of the dam so it was actually like pushing the limits of what this could sustain how uh, when they went up to check it far below is it supposed to be um about six feet is like oh okay right yeah normal (laughs) um so it's only about two feet so it's like rising Hmm. but they're not concerned because they don't understand or know or whatever so they go back and they're like totally fake news yeah (laughs) it's totally fine like don't worry about it which as as you may imagine like because this is a boy who cried wolf situation Mm -hmm. like every time there are reports of this everybody's like shrug it's not a big deal right right which brings us to the morning of friday may 31st of 1889 okay um it started to rain like hard Mm. um and by like 5 a.m., a landslide, like basically like a mudslide, had already um, taken out like a stable in Johnstown. Hmm. And by like 6 a.m., everybody's up and they're like, oh, this is going to be for real. Like they realize <laughs> this is an action, like a really big storm. And the rivers are ri- rising about a foot an hour. Oh, that's very fast. Okay. Yeah. And it's raining so hard that there's starts to be a lot of like debris in the rivers, mm-hmm. like logs and fallen trees and stuff. Yeah. Um, they had to close down the mills hmm. for the day by 8 AM. They were like, guys go home. <laughs> like, yeah, that's no, thank you. a big deal. I bet that um, almost never happens, you know? <laughs> yeah. And by 10 AM people who lived kind of like in the lower part of the town, their basements were already like completely flooded. Hmm. Um, so families were like, pass and started <laughs> fleeing to like higher ground yeah. right or trying to get out to go to family so by 10 a.m they're already like this is not good and i don't like this right. <laughs> around there's some debate of exactly when this comes through somewhere between noon and one o'clock hmm. um a telegraph arrives at the depot mm-hmm. saying that the dam is going to break and everybody should evacuate um hmm. From who? The station agent, his name is Frank Deckhart, um, was told that a telegraph came in, kind of glanced at it, and was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He said he knew it was about the dam, but he figured that they were just being dramatic, right? right? That, that he like, was like... It was... Somebody was being alarmist about it. Right, yeah. exactly. Who was this from, though? Like, where does this telegram come from? From the Fishing and Hunting Club. Ah, but okay. it was actually signed... Um, it was signed something really generic, like operator huh right right so the rich folks at the lake at the reservoir are like yo underlings the dam is gonna flood and like you should maybe get out yeah okay so that's like we're up to about one o'clock in in johnstown up at the lake uh-huh um around six thirty, a fellow named john park wakes up and he had he claims he woke up around 5:30 and was like, "Oh, it's raining." And then just like went back to bed. And then he gets up at 6:30 and is like, "Oh, it's for real raining." <laughs> right. Um 
and he runs out and sees that the lake is already up several feet from where it's supposed to be. Hmm. And it is already only about two feet from the breast. Right. Again, we're pushing our limits here. Yeah. Um, and so he and a, a, one of the local workers, like one of the people that was hired just to like uh-huh. for maintenance. Yeah. At the He's like a club. gardener or whatever. Yeah. Um, they're looking around and they realize that there's a ton of debris in the lake. Hmm. And it's, um, they're like out in a little boat rowing around, right? And they're like, oh, there's tons of debris here. And then they look down and they realize they're on top of a barbed wire fence. Oh. Like they're rowing over the top of a barbed wire fence that had been put several feet back from the the shore of the lake. And they were like, oh, that's not good. Yeah. (laughs) Other people start to realize oh, this is bad. And they don't have any, like, emergency valve anymore to, like, mm-hmm. push some of the water right. out. Because we decided um, we didn't need it. Yeah. Right, because we sold it for scrap because <laughs> emergencies never happen. <laughs> and um, at the west end of the lake, like, a dozen men just run out with, like, shovels and they start trying to dig kind of like a release hmm. like trench. Yeah, right, right. Um, but they're digging into the hillside which is um shale so they're it's not going <laughs> they're not well super successful yeah <laughs> and they can only get a couple feet deep and a couple feet wide uh-huh. and they're like working really hard but it's just it's not it's not gonna helping. happen um they realize that's not an option and then they're like well you know what we should do is you know that lovely little grate that we put up to keep the fish in uh-huh well it's also keeping all of the debris so it's building a wall right right so instead of allowing some of the water to kind of naturally escape and slowly, yeah. it's just creating a wall. So it's keeping in more water. Uh-huh. So they start trying to clear that out. Um, and at this point, they're like, I feel like we're just delaying the inevitable. So <laughs> they decide they need to send somebody out to go down into the valley to be like Paul Revere before <laughs> the flood. <laughs> Right. To be like, everybody get the fuck out. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And so John, our good friend John Park, is like, okay. And he runs down and he talks to the station agent at the closest town, which is South Fork. Things get a little hazy as to how this went. Right. So the people who were manning the telegraph station were like, yeah, whatever, dude. And he's like, no, but for real. And they're like, fine or whatever. (laughs) So they delay sending out the telegram until a according to the station agent, around noon, somewhere between noon and one o'clock. And he had left probably around 1030. Hmm. So they've wasted like an hour at least time that people could have been evacuating. But ultimately, it doesn't really matter because the telegraph goes out and everybody's like, don't worry about it. (laughs) It'll be fine. I'm sure. Don't even worry about it. It's totally fine. (laughs) And he rides back up uh, and starts surveying. And at this point... The people that had been working to try to clear out the debris and stuff are too terrified to go out onto the dam anymore. <laughs> like, the water is right. rising too fast. Because there's about to be a tidal to... wave, and they're about to, like, don't want to get swept out with it. Yeah, right. That's so fair. they're like, <laughs> pass. hard pass. No, thank you. Um, and so he gets back up there, and he rides out onto the dam uh, on his horse just to see mm-hmm. how bad the damage is. And at that point, he's like, oh, this is not as bad as I expected. There's, um, like, gullies are starting to form hmm. in the in the rock face, mm-hmm. but it's not as bad as he thought. Right. By noon, 
However, <laughs> um, things have taken a turn. Like some of the giant kind of boulders um, that are in the, f- the face of the dam hmm. are starting to come loose. And uh, the water is starting to kind of carve out these paths yeah. down the front of the dam. So yeah. it's like not going to last long. And people who were there were talking about just watching it erode minute by minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like not knowing what the hell to do about this. I mean, there is "Mm." nothing you can do at this point, you know, like (laughs) you can sit there and watch it or you can walk away. Like it's happening either way. And so at 3.10 PM, the dam gives way entirely Mm -hmm. just sort of crumbles and no more dam. Yeah. Again, eyewitnesses who were there say it took somewhere between 35 and 45 minutes for the entire lake to empty. (laughs) Like, yeah, empty. Yeah. And it empties 14.5 million cubic meters of water into the valley. Oh, my God. At a velocity and depth comparable to Niagara Falls. Fuck. Yeah. It's going to destroy everything in its path. Yeah. So as the water moves out, and and it does, like, they talked about, like, once the initial wave went through, like, right under where the dam had been, like, entire trees were ripped out by the roots. Yes. Yeah. There were no... There was nothing. It had just been, like, stripped bare, mm-hmm. like, Zulu scorched earth style, but opposite because it's water. Um, <laughs> right. Just went through and took everything. And so the first um, the first thing it hits is South Fork, which is the closest, like, town. Mm-hmm. Um, the water was probably about 40 feet high when it hit the town. Um, yeah. And had been collecting things along the way, like trees. Uh-huh. Um, but South Fork was kind of like tucked into a hillside and so it wasn't in the direct path of this like tidal wave hmm. um, and so it it largely survives this without too too much hmm. more damage than they would have just had from like the storm itself right right but a few miles up um, the valley narrows hmm. so it's kind of funneling the water. And so instead of being 40 feet high, now it's about 75 feet high. <laughs> and like, we've... just to pause, 75 feet, yeah. like a fairly common, like kind of rule of thumb is that every 10 feet or so is like one story of a building. Yes. Right. So like right. seven Ish. and a half feet is like slightly taller than a seven story building to like, give you all 70, a visual on that 75 feet yeah yeah like that's very very high <laughs> yeah 40 feet terrifying right. um 75 feet ludicrous yeah um so it it's been funneled into this little thing and like continues on its path of destruction um it takes out a stone viaduct on the way and then it takes out a stone bridge and so we've collected mm. trees and stone Giant and parts of buildings and, and yeah yeah um and then it slams into the small village of mineral point hmm. um which i say village it was like about 30 houses like yeah, it's right. it's yeah. just a little yeah thing um most of the people survived because they'd already fled to higher ground hmm. okay um, good from the morning's thing. But the town itself is literally swept away. Yeah. Like, after this goes through, you would not have even known there was a town right. there. That town no longer exists. Yeah, for right. sure. Gone. So now we've collected houses and stone. <laughs> yeah. um, 
what also and i like i pointed this out earlier this area created most of the country's uh barbed wire hmm. so a lot of what it is picking up as it goes right, yeah. is like giant bales of barbed wire oh, god and i just want you to imagine that flying at you mm. in a wall of water and there's like a dead horse yeah. and barbed wire and it's just the apocalypse <laughs> like it just feels like the apocalypse yeah right god so by the time it gets to johnstown um, most of the survivors said they never actually saw the water. Hmm. They just heard it. Right, yeah. Because it sounded like uh, like a battle mm-hmm. moving closer towards them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Um, most estimates, people who have done the math on this, say that by the time it hit Johnstown, it would have slowed down a little bit to um, like about 40, 40 miles an hour and would have gone back down to hmm. somewhere around 45 feet high so we're still a four and a half story building right but like right but like no longer edging on towards eight stories yeah right um and it actually hits johnstown at 407 p.m according to huh. okay survivors yeah how did anyone even survive this jesus so yeah i mean Partly because people had fled to higher ground, right. so they're just, like, looking they're down like watching into the valley, yeah. watching their livelihoods be washed away. Yeah. Um, people went up on their roofs. Hmm. So, like, as much like in Hurricane Katrina, you ended up with a whole bunch of people standing on their rooftops yeah, yeah. with, like, children and chickens or whatever they had. Yeah. Um, so the water rushes through the town and hits a hillside. And when it hits hmm. the hillside... Part of the water is diverted um, up the creek. Uh-huh. And the other part kind of does, like, backwash. Yeah, yeah. And comes back through the town. So we've got, like, the initial one. And, and then, then hits, yeah, a rebound. And then we've got, like, yeah, rebound wave. The whole thing only takes about ten minutes, as you may well imagine. This is all happening very quickly. So when you say 10 minutes, do you mean, like, from the dam failing completely to Johnstown? Or do you mean, like, within Johnstown itself? No, it takes about... So the dam failed at 310, and it hits huh, Johnstown. Right. It, so it takes about an hour So it takes there. about an hour for it to go. But, like, gotcha, once it right. hits Johnstown, yes. it's 10 minutes before it hits... Yeah. It yeah, hits Johnstown, yeah. goes up to the hillside, washes uh-huh. back, and we're... That's... T- okay, right. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, so after all... There's people waiting on their rooftops for help. There's people, like, up on the hillside watching all of this happen. Um, There's a bridge that goes across the the Kanama River. Um, It's made of stone. And it was kind of shielded from the main force of this Hmm. um, due to, like, the way the land Yeah, yeah. Lay of the land. Yeah. So it manages to survive this. But, like, the problem is debris starts collecting (laughs) against it right and just sort of piles up into a mountain and when i say debris i mean houses yes (laughs) dead cows and things but also things like (laughs) railroad cars and houses (laughs) right yeah and it just becomes like a giant garbage mountain yeah um and no one is quite sure how (laughs) But at some point around 6 p.m., the garbage pile catches fire. Oh, God. (laughs) 
there's some theories as to how I, the most likely seems that um, one of the railway cars had uh, like oil drums in it that mm, spilled yeah. kind of down the rest of this. Yeah, yeah. And then because there were like houses and things in here, like a lamp or something right. tipped over and right. set the whole thing off. But that's speculation. They don't actually know how it started, but it definitely started. Oh, God. Um, the whole thing catches fire and there's about 80 people trapped inside huh. various parts of this Because they were like in their houses as their houses got yeah. swept away type of a thing? Oh, yep. Fuck. Okay, yeah. Yep. Wait, so you the said next... it's what time now? 6, 6.30 in the 6 evening? 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. What? So that's about two hours after it hit. What is the water situation like in those intervening two hours? Like, is the water more or less gone now or is it still continuing to like flow through at you know flood levels but not um it's flood levels because they're in a valley so like the water doesn't have a fast exit strategy right right right. and so the streets are like flooded um before that had hit it was already like waist deep most of the city Hmm. um and after that i mean like again people were standing on their roofs yeah 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 and had nowhere to go so it's it's still up there right um right okay for sure the next morning the rain finally stopped and the people like survivors were that had were still in the town were starting to like swim crawl whatever mm-hmm. their way to like the other group that was already mm. up on the hillside Does and the they start putting together fire just mm-hmm. like does the fire burn itself out or does like the rain put it out since it's still raining? Fire's still going. Okay. Um, <laughs> pretty strong. Yeah. So there's they, the people that are up on the hillside start sending rescue parties out to try to like fetch people off roofs right, and right. pull them out of wherever they are. Yeah. And one of the rescue groups goes to the garbage fire hmm. um, to try to get out anybody who may still be. Yeah in there which i i can't imagine what it takes to be looking at this giant garbage fire (laughs) and decide i'm gonna go in there you know like (laughs) right for real it's on fire it's incredibly unstable we're in the middle of a flood like exit strategies are minimal you're hoping it doesn't shift like yeah yeah man like i'm i'm sorry for anybody trapped in there but uh, you know, shrug. I don't know what to do to help you. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> the end. <laughs> right. So, like, yeah. I don't have any names of any of the people that did, but those are some. Those are some heroes, man. Yeah, for real. What did you do right after you lost your entire <laughs> livelihood? I ran into a garbage fire. I'm like, all right. Um. So the survivors are in kind of an interesting and dire situation here for a couple of reasons. The, one of the most pressing ones is they don't have any food. Right. Yes. True. Um, most of them didn't have time to like gather Pack. provisions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so they don't have any food. The town is destroyed. So like any caches of food that would have been available are like mm-hmm. wet right. and destroyed, yeah. covered in oil or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so they, they're like, well, this is not good. So they start <laughs> trying to build, like, little boats and bridges and things so they can get to the other side where there's some farms that hadn't been touched. Mm. And so they're just kind of sharing yeah. whatever they can. Um, the good news, the 
because bless reporters and their bloodthirsty need for stories. <laughs> reporters started showing up like the ne- like June. So this happened on May 31st. They start showing up like the evening of June 1st. Like they are there. <laughs> right. Of course. And um, relief organizations start showing up um, pretty, pretty quickly. Like the Red Cross led by Clara Barton. Yeah. Yeah. Of Civil War fame. Totally. Show up June 5th and already hmm. start. Like setting up trying tents to deal with and beds for people yeah, and feeding exactly. people and stuff like that. I imagine, yeah, scooping up all the dead bodies, right. getting that sorted. Yeah, yeah. Um, death toll all in. Yeah, is two thousand officially two thousand two hundred and eight people. Okay, that's high, obviously, but not as devastating as I was imagining it could be out of a population of you know what you said around 10,000 around 10,000 so, yeah I mean that's that's 22 percent very high one in but... five yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean honestly if it had just been that the dam randomly collapsed one day it would have been much higher but because it had been raining all day right people had already started fleeing and started like evacuating. you were saying the people in some of the towns up river had already also like evacuated mostly so so yeah yeah that's not as devastatingly high as i was kind of anticipating um of that uh 2,299 entire families were wiped away like the entire family just went down in the flood yeah that's awful and a full one-third of the bodies 777 to be specific were never (laughs) identified Huh. That's interesting. I think it's because 99 entire families went down and they... Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they had a lot of... Because it was, like, a pretty industrialized city, they had a lot of people who... What they would call, like, vagrants who just came through. So they're, like, day laborers. Yeah, yeah. It's just, like, a, a working town and i imagine there's a fair amount of turnover yeah that's fair turnover people like they had brought the railroad in so there's people stopping by there's people who are there just for seasonal work Mm -hmm. um right right and you know for an industrial there's a lot of like single men yes um yeah that sort of thing so yeah yeah um full one-third are just never identified wow crazy I mean, also, like, I imagine cleanup for this, like, cleanup for them took a while. Mm-hmm. And if you see any pictures of, of like, the aftermath of this, like, whew, um, they just had, like, the simplest caskets you can possibly imagine, <laughs> like, lining the streets. Yeah. Um, yeah. And chucking bodies in. But bodies that have been in water for a long time right. become much harder to identify because of the bloat uh-huh. and... yeah discoloration for sure and it's like not quite 1890 so (laughs) they don't have dental records and they don't have you know (laughs) yeah unless you can look at a body and be like oh that's fred then like shrug who knows yeah (laughs) right so after all of this kind of citizens of johnstown and people reading the story of johnstown start to blame the south fork fishing and hunting lodge for the flood Hmm. um 
you know, they should have replaced their emergency valves. They shouldn't have altered the roadway across it because that weakened the structural integrity. Mm. They shouldn't have put up, you know, right. they're saying like right. the things you did to this dam to make yourselves more comfortable <laughs> ultimately caused the failure of the dam. Yeah. Which is definitely a point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, they're successfully defended in court, however. Well, so, they're rich and they have good lawyers, so. Right, and the argument <laughs> was that it was an act of God and there was nothing anybody, no matter what they had done. Right. This dam was going to fail and it was an act of God, which sounds so familiar if you're familiar with, like, flood insurance now. Yeah, yeah. Um, nobody from the South Fork Fishing and Hunting Lodge is ever held accountable for this I mean, they're not again on. they're like you know the 10 richest families in the country or whatever obviously yeah right <laughs> um what are you gonna do imprison andrew carnegie i don't think so you know <laughs> i mean i would but that's me um what's interesting though is there's backlash to this ruling and so later cases in similar situations um they actually kind of reinterpret the law so that you can be held uh, liable even if you're not necessarily considered quote unquote negligent hmm. um, and so it, it becomes like I it feels very specific when you look at the language but it's like certain alterations although not technically negligent you can still be held liable huh. Okay. but again I feel like it's very specific because I know how hard it is to get a flood claim currently <laughs> um what I find almost infuriating is that they like spend all of this money to hire one of the best lawyers in the country to make sure that they're not held accountable for this. And then members of the club turn around and are like, oh, but peasants, like, let me buy you a new library and let me <laughs> donate to the Red Cross for you. Right. And, like these sorts of things. So they get all kinds of like fantastic PR for being <laughs> these huge philanthropists who like yeah. may or may not have caused the flood to begin with. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> totally. <laughs> That's infuriating to me. <laughs> What's kind of interesting, though, is that um, there had been a history of, like, minor floods in Johnstown. But kind of after this, major floods just become a thing in Johnstown. There's hmm. So that's 1889. There's one in 1894. There's one in 1907. There's one in 1924. There's one in 1936. Wow. Okay. Um, and... Bless the people who continued to stay there because I feel like you're giving them more than a fair shake. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> guys, move. <laughs> what right. are you doing? <laughs> Wait, it's... are these floods, though, because the dam was destroyed, right? Yeah. Like it no longer exists. These are just like natural, like the river just floods yeah. as it would. It just there's a, one of them was a hurricane. One of them right. was just a really heavy thunderstorm. Right, that right. It's a couple just like, days, like bad luck. And yeah. Yeah. Okay. So after 1936, um, army engineers come in and they're like, we have a solution. <laughs> and they dredge the river and they reinforce it with concrete and they make it a little deeper and mm. thinking like the next time something like this happens, mm-hmm. we'll funnel the water out and there won't be anything. And they officially declare Johnstown flood free. Uh, yeah, that always goes. As well. you may well imagine. Yeah. <laughs> this no seems wrong. like a Titanic unsinkable ship situation. Correct. <laughs> um, it does take several decades. It's not until 1977. But in 1977, um, there's uh, 
a huge like thunderstorm that goes several days the whole town is flooded again Mm -hmm. and since then they've seen population decline yeah like people hung on they were like (laughs) i believe and then as industrial jobs right Right. Start to decline in that area. And also their houses keep getting swept away every couple of decades. They're <laughs> yeah. like, you know what? Maybe I could move to Pittsburgh. <laughs> right. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. So that's Johnstown, man. That's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. I, yeah, just say- I don't know if I, I don't know if I would say it's exactly the fault of the rich folk, but Everything they did exacerbated right. what was a, eventually a going to be a problem, you know? Right. Like, I don't know. Because, like, they, the people who owned it, the South Fork Fishing and Hunting Lodge, like, they didn't sell the emergency pipes for scrap. Right. They just didn't replace them. Right, exactly. Right. Like, there's exactly a series of people that created... yes. A problem. Yes. And they just happened to be the last straw. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, like, you know, they put up the, like, the grate and they widened. And, like, all of these things that, yes, in hindsight, you're like, well, obviously. You know? Right. At the time, though, I mean, unless you had, like, an actual engineer out looking at the dam, which somebody should have done at some point. I don't know if they did. Correct. I mean, they had a couple people go up and look at it and kind of give surveys every once in a while. Right. And they were like, hey, guys, a couple things real quick. Right. And then just nobody ever did did anything anything about it. it. Yeah. I mean, also, like, I don't know. I wouldn't sell a dam to, like, the Walmart family you know what i mean like no no certainly not somebody should should have been like keeping track of this you know yeah. <laughs> like the government built it the government in some capacity needs to be like keeping track of it you know like requiring inspections every decade at least or something you know right. like yeah 14 million cubic feet of water yeah. poised above thirty thousand u.s <laughs> citizens like yes someone should be keeping tabs on this <laughs> right exactly exactly i mean <laughs> clearly no one was <laughs> right. um so yeah like if i'm one of those you know sports club members like i don't know anything about dams but like i just want to sail my boat yeah yeah on the lake on the mountain exactly like, exactly yeah. so i don't know if i think it's but at the same time like ignorance doesn't right it doesn't excuse, excuse for it. sure and for you sure. have bought this property you are now responsible yeah. for it. Yeah. So, like, I do think there is definitely shared blame there. But it's... For sure. Shared. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if fault... Fault is maybe too strong of a word for me in the way I interpret the meaning of that word. But, like, hmm. yeah, definitely everything they did, like, exacerbated the situation that, obviously, they had no way of knowing when it would happen, but, like, the most predictable situation ever, you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I do think this. I didn't put it in here, but like, there's the weirdest scene in my mind um, from everything I was reading, and I, I will put the there's um a book on this by David McCullough, uh, hmm. and um, it's very detailed. Like he's a very careful, yeah, 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 
um, writer. But so he writes after the dam breaks and they're all kind of standing there watching this happen. And um, the water like rushes out and it takes, I don't know, half an hour ish or whatever. And like everything is just gone. Yeah. And John Park and there was a retired colonel who was up there who had been trying to get the guys to build the trench to like keep this from Mm. happening or whatever. And he like collapses and they have to take him home and everybody just kind of like goes back to their mansion and is like, fuck. (laughs) But the workers, like a lot of the work, the guys that had been trying to build this trench look out and realize that a lot of the fish didn't make it with the water. So they're just sort of flopping around in the empty riverbed and they just went out and started collecting them. Nice. Which is the weirdest image in my, like there's a torrent of barbed wire and dead animals and trees like flying at an entire town and they're like, well, this is some good eats. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, I'm pretty good at like creating the film in my head of this. And that's, that's the moment in the film where you're like, in the bedroom of the, the rich people who have collapsed and feel weird about things and they're, like, yeah. nervously drinking tea. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, teacups are rattling and you just out the window just see a bunch of peasants collecting <laughs> flopping fish. Right. It's a nice, uh, interesting visual. Totally. Totally. Yeah, it's a so, yeah, crazy Johnstown, story. Very different than Jonestown. Very different. Very different. Yes. Yes. Crazy. It's a crazy story. Yeah. It's a crazy story. I also just like, and I know there's a lot of reasons people live in floodplains, but I'm always just like, that would be the first thing I would check if I was buying a house. Like, is this in a floodplain? Because (laughs) even if you have insurance, the damage done by that is just... Yeah, you, you can't undo it. No, like it's just once water gets into your foundation and mm-hmm. like walls or whatever, like you can't undo it. You have to rebuild. Yeah, getting payment for that, and then like if you can even afford, because like that would happen once to me, and then I'd be like, I need to move, <laughs> right, <laughs> forever. But often you can't afford to move. I mean, I get yeah. the, the complexity yeah. of it, but it's just like totally. Step one is this in a floodplain. Mm-hmm. If yes, no thank you. If no, consider what the floodplain will be in a in a decade thanks to global warming. Like there's a lot of Right. Will it soon be in a floodplain? Yeah. Yeah. That'll be in your nightmares later, is just a wall of water and barbed, barbed wire. Barbed wire and houses. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Dead cows. Nightmare fuel. Like, I don't know. Die. Even more terrifying is like that village that gets swept away up at towards the top if you're like in your house when their house gets swept away and then you have to ride that like all the way down to johnstown and to get stuck against the bridge to like be lit on fire in the garbage fire like that is truly terrifying i don't think (laughs) a house uh from mineral creek would have made it all the way i think you would have been sufficiently like blended with the rest of the debris. <laughs> right, okay, yeah. <laughs> so I think the people stuck at that bridge were like Johnstown. Johnstown folk. Yeah. Okay. Folk. <laughs> but I don't know why you say it's terrifying. In my mind I'd be like, Wee Like once you because it takes like an hour, right? So like Right, I guess it is like a... an hour away. Yeah. I'd forgotten quite how far it was. But yeah. You've got some time to like come to grips with the reality. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then it's just like the world's first like roller coaster. <laughs> no, worst roller coaster ever. <laughs> because like what in the fuck is happening and there's no way you can escape or anything like terrifying. Right, you just have to <laughs> you just have to sit in your attic window. <laughs> Arms out. It's very Wizard of Oz. (laughs) (laughs) Sitting in the house as the tornado takes it away. Yeah. Right. (laughs) The hills are alive with the sound. There's a lot of options there. I mean, screaming in terror and curling up in a ball, definitely an option. But there are some more fun ones that you could, like, once you've accepted, like, I am riding a wave of terror. To my death. I am about to die at any moment. (laughs) Right. But it's 1890, so they don't have roller coasters or even fast cars. So this is probably the fastest you've ever gone in your entire life. Definitely. This is the fastest a human has ever traveled. Exactly. (laughs) Totally. So, like, that's poor man. So thank you guys for listening. Um, you can find us on Twitter at in the end podcast, or you can email us at in the end podcast at gmail.com. And if you like the show, please rate and review us on whatever platform you use. We would really appreciate it. Or tell a friend. Yes. Also an option also, that requires very little work. Tell some friends. Um, and we'll be back in two weeks. Thanks. Thanks. That was funny because I I mentioned that to Keith and Keith was like, do you think there's just secretly like a like a latent percentage of the population that just like secretly wants to be cannibals? And I was like, that was not my takeaway, <laughs> but now it is. <laughs>